Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. Psalm 34 stanza 8. I'm just going to preach around this text. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Amen. You may be seated. May the Lord bless his word. I want to share with you for just a little while today the thought, the flavor, of favor. Three threads or carrots that I want to address in the introduction of this message today. As we consider the impact and the import of the words that I just shared with you in this biblical text. First, there is the historical carrot. The prescript or introduction to Psalm 34 refers to an historical account in the life of David recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15. In that account, David, who had sought asylum in Philistine territory, in the presence of a Philistine king named Achish, paraded himself as a madman paraded himself as one who was mentally unbalanced and unstable. He orchestrated this charade to reflect any concerns the Philistine king might have thought that he was pro-Israel. In light of that historical context, when he writes this psalm, he is attempting to address any perceptions that some may have of his affection or his affinity for the ancient enemies of his people. So this psalm erupts with a shout of praise and thanksgiving from the womb of David's anguish and despair. Secondly, there is a liturgical or ceremonial carrot in Psalm 34. For it is one of several psalms that is characterized or categorized as acrostic, where each successive stanza begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet constituting a teaching tool and a mnemonic or memorization device. It is also apparent, considering the stanza we shared, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Laying it alongside the first stanza, I will bless the Lord at all times 
and his praise shall be continually in my mouth, that these two stanzas form liturgical bookends, ceremonial bookends that categorize and constitutes and capsulize what is true and authentic worship. In stanza one, we have the mechanics of worship. In stanza eight, the motivation of worship. In stanza one, there is the frequency of worship. I will bless the Lord at what? All times. And in stanza eight, we have the foundation of worship. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. And in stanza one, we have the intensity of worship. But in stanza eight, we have the intentionality of worship. Finally, there's not just the historical current and the liturgical or ceremonial current, but New Sunday Mount, there is the experiential current today that addresses the question some of you might be asking right now. Pastor Stubblefield, so what? So I say to you, New Sunday Mount, we're celebrating 91 years, 91 years of spiritual impact and influence by this congregation of believers in this community and in the St. Louis region and far beyond. And at the heart of our worship celebration today is a recognition that New Sunny Mount Baptist Church has been and still is the object of God's favor. See, the world offers us success, but God gives us favor. And given a choice, you can have success any day of the week, but I'll take favor. One of my professors in seminary wrote a book and gave it the searching title, Rescuing Ministry from the Success Syndrome. So while on one level, as we recognize success, achievement, progress, and legacy today in this 91st anniversary year celebration, ultimately it is favor that is our focus. Our text tells us that there is three things about the flavor of favor. Would you like to know what they are? Three things the text tells us about the flavor of favor. First of all, there is the sense of his favor. It's in the text, oh, taste and see. The sense of his favor. These words translate two Hebrew words that has the idea of perception, of experiencing something. The word translated taste occurs 11 times in the Old Testament. The word translated see occurs 1,300 times. They mean to behold. They mean to enjoy, to consider. And the inference in the text, church, is that once we have tasted God's goodness, any tasters in the house, once we have tasted God's goodness, a response is not only anticipated, but mandated. David is a witness. He is responding to what he has tasted in his relationship with the Lord. He's not an observer. He's not a student. He's not a 
researcher, but David has experienced God's favor. If David was testifying in a court of law, his testimony would be admissible because he is not sharing. See, some folk, they share what they think. That's speculation. Some folks share what they hear. That's hearsay. Some folks share what they believe. That's conjecture. But when you share what you know, <laughs> when you share what you know, that's admissible because it's not just it's not just eyewitness, EYE witness. It's I, y'all say I. It's I witness. I ought to be looking this day on this 91st church anniversary celebration. I ought to be looking at I witnesses. Because every one of us, there ought to be at least one thing that's happened in your life where it's no doubt, absolutely no doubt, that God brought you through, that God fixed it, that when you were backed up against the wall, God worked it out. You can't rationalize it. You can't quantify it. You can't research it. You can't forget about it because you know if it had not, if it had not been for the Lord on your side. The devil is involved in a cosmic campaign of witness tampering. We just saw a scene play out in a Washington, D.C. federal court where a certain party was in, instructed by the judge not to be involved in witness tampering. Paul said to the Corinthians, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And the church is not exempt from this danger and deception. Distraction, disinterest, and division has desensitized us to the things of God. The inordinate desire for success, materialism, the pursuit of position, pleasure, and power, and rising biblical illiteracy in our churches are just some of the things that's caused our spiritual palates to lose their sense of taste. To leverage our judicial metaphor just a little bit further, evidence has been squashed, destroyed, or contaminated because we have, I'm just in awe of these 91 years of history we have, in many cases, violated the chain of custody of evidence. <laughs> because, because Jude says that you got to contend. You got to contend for the faith. And that's what New Sunny Mount has been doing these 91 years. You got to contend for the faith that was once. 
delivered unto the saints. It's not a, it's not a new faith somebody came up with last week. It's the same faith. And you've been contending for it for 91 years. There are only two classes of folk in the church. Pretenders and contenders. <laughs> when you really reduce it to its lowest spiritual denominator, there's only two kind of folks up in the air. There are pretenders and contenders. Are there any contenders in this house? Is there anybody up in here? The Lord's been good too. Is there anybody in here the Lord's made a way for? Anybody in here know he's a doctor in a sick room? Had a lawyer in a courtroom. So there is, there is the sense of his favor. But there is also the source of his favor. That the Lord, see if you read too fast you'll miss it. That the Lord is good. Thirteen times in the 22 stanzas of this psalm, we find the word Lord. Read it in your Bibles in the King James Version. You'll see this. We find the word Lord in all caps. It is the only name used for deity or divinity in this psalm. This name that is translated Lord in all caps it is such a sacred name even today among Jews that Orthodox Jews will not even open their mouth to pronounce it. They substitute a word in its place. It is a word, Lord. I'm talking about the source of his favor. It is a word by which God identifies God's self to Moses. On the backside of a desert, Moses, thinking his ministry, his, his life, his aspirations were over, God spoke to him out of a bush that burned but did not consume. And the Bible said, when he turned around, God spoke and said, take off your shoes, for you're standing on holy ground. And then Moses later in this interaction asked God, if you're sending me back to Egypt, who should I tell them sent me? <laughs> he said, who's the source? Who should I tell sent me? He said, tell them I am. That's the word in our text. It's Lord in all caps, but it's I am. And, and literally what it means is when you get back to Egypt, tell them this, I am that I am. I was that I was, and I shall be that I shall be. Because it is a word that biblical writers use to communicate God's absolute self-existence. This word is the consummate carrier and conductor of God's spiritual and moral attributes. And it is, it is the Equivalence in the Greek of the I am designations, particularly in the Gospel of John, that Jesus uses repeatedly in that Gospel to declare 
his divinity. God is one in essence, but he's three in person. He's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But there's only one essence. He's omnipotent. He, he can do all things. He, he's omnipresent. He, he can be on Shreve Avenue. And uh, at Sunset Hills Drive in O'Fallon at the same time. He's omniscient when I'm praying. He already knows my heart. And that's why sometimes when I'm praying, I'm just stretched out on the floor. And I'm not even articulating any words. I'm just moaning and groaning because I know God is a consummate interpreter. He knows my thoughts before I. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Yes, he's love. He's truth. He's justice. He's holy. He's righteous. And all of that is capsulated when the psalmist identifies, David does, the source of his favor. He's not talking about a military ally. He's not talking about the Philistine king. He's not talking about one of his commanders. He knows where his help comes from. He said, the Lord, you put anybody else in that statement, you're going to get messed up. You're going to get disappointed. It's the Lord, and it is his goodness. His goodness that is the focus of his moral and spiritual essence in this eighth stanza. A few years ago, I was returning from a funeral service. I attended one of our leaders lost his mother. One of our leaders at Chesterfield lost his mother in Miami, Florida. And I had flown down to be with him and his family. Got back into St. Louis late, Lambert Field. Caught the parking shuttle to the long-term parking. I put what I thought would be the parking fee in one pocket. And then I put a tip for the, uh, the transit shuttle driver in other. This is making brother pick me up at the, at the Terminal 1 and drove us back to the parking lot. And uh, he took my little two bags off the shuttle and I opened my trunk. He put them in and I reached in my pocket and I gave him... I gave him a tip, and uh, as he walked away two or three steps, he scared me. He started shouting. He, in his Jamaican accent, he said, thank you, boss. Thank you, boss. Thank you, boss. He just kept going, and I just hurried up and got in my car. It was late at night. I, I got in the car real quick and pulled on off, and and headed to the to the parking checkout to the cashier gave my pocket ticket and reached in the pocket that I thought was my parking fee and just realized that rather than giving him the two dollar tip in the other pocket I'd given him the two twenty dollar bills that I was going to use to pay for parking and you know I thought about that and how he reacted, how he got a gift that wasn't even intended to be given to him. He got a gift I wasn't even planning on giving him. And he shouted, 
And every morning I get up when my bed could have been my cooling board. Every time, every time I set my foot at a table, every time I go to my doctor and they say, you're looking good. If he could shout about $40, then we ought to be able to shout about We ought to be able to shout about what God have done in our lives. The sense of his favor. The source of his favor. But here's the third thing. The stewardship. The stewardship of his favor. Here it is. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. What begins with stanza one what begins with that stanza crescendos in our text with taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. David's personal revelation and experience when we move from stanza one to stanza eight, his personal revelation and experience has now become a public record and exhibition. His, his internal conviction and commitment has now become an external call and commission. What I'm saying to us new Sonny Mount is you can't keep it here. You can't keep it here. You, you can't lock it down here on West Florissant. After 91 years of favor, after great leadership of pastors, after being blessed in your own experience, you can't lock it down here. David is doing what we have to do. He's encouraging others to sample, to taste, to trust, to try God. And he's not basing it on some kind of theological, theoretical context. He's basing it on what he knows, what he's experienced in his own relationship with God. And what he's doing here is he's being a good steward of his own experience. See, for years in the churches I served for almost 40 years, I taught new members the five T's of biblical stewardship. I taught them about time, talent, treasure. These are the things that we owe to God. Tithe and the temple, which is our body. But as I moved toward the end of my pastoral tenures in those churches, I had to add two more T's. Not just time, talent, treasure, tithe, and temple, but I had to add test and testimony. Because test and testimony are intertwined and interrelated. 
It was David's test that gave birth to his testimony. And there is a real basis in which if you never had a test, you can't really have a testimony. Well, there's a stewardship here. And if God has really blessed you with favor, if you really believe he woke you up this morning, then there ought to be in your life a sense like Paul had when he said, I'm dead both to the Jew and to the Gentile. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to testify. I'm ready to preach the gospel. Grew up on a farm in West Tennessee. And I started thinking this morning, Pastor, when I talk about the flavor of favor, of how my grandmother used to make blackberry preserves. I remember we'd go out and pick blackberries and then we'd bring them back to the home. But she would take those blackberries that we picked and she would take them and wash them. She'd steam them and cook them. She'd put in sugar and other flavor. And then Grandmama would pull out, pull out a mason jar. You gotta go to Cracker Barrel now to see a mason jar. She'd pull out a mason jar and she'd stuff that cooked blackberry preserve. She'd put it in that mason jar. And then what she'd do is she'd put on, that wasn't just any kind of cap, but it was a sealed cap. And the sealed cap was designed to lock in the flavor. She'd put that cap on those blackberry preserves in the mason jar. You did not eat them right away. She'd put them up somewhere and let them stay there for a while. When you took those preserves off the shelf and you turn that cap and lid off the top of that mason jar, so often, so often, you would hear a pop when you took off that top because that cap had a way of sealing in the flavor. There ought to be some noise up in here. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, ye lands, stir the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is good. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.